Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal, Season 2, Episode 2. Today with us, we got my boy, Mike Goulet. What's up, Mike? What's up? Thank you for having me on here, honestly. It's, it gets me excited for fucking college football now. Yeah, no, we're, we're getting there. Glad to have you. And, of course, my co-host, Brett Galt. What's going on? Glad to be here. Glad to uh, start breaking down some conferences and their wins and uh, losses totals. Yeah, so we're going to be breaking them down in the format we're going to do. This week, we'll give you ACC and Big Ten over under win totals. Next week, we'll give you SEC and the Big 12. And then there might be a second episode uh, the week after, or maybe later next week. We'll do like some Pac-12 teams and then some at-large teams. We always want to talk about the teams in our backyard, like ECU, App State, Charlotte. Um, got some good football, and they, they deserve their time in the limelight, too. So we'll try to get you that bonus episode as well. But today, like I said, we're going to be doing ACC and Big Ten. So we're going to kick it off since we are an ACC country. Uh, the format that we're going to go, we're going to go down from top to bottom, highest win total to the lowest. If any of us have a play, we'll stop, discuss, lay our bets. If no one has a bet on that team, we may just pass or we could give you a debrief of a way we would lean if you want to make a personal bet, but that is not something that we're officially locking for the show. All right, you guys ready? Yes, yes sir. Let's do All it. Right. So before we actually jump in to the locks, wasn't that some tough news about Bobby Bowden? It was. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the greats, but I mean – he definitely left a pretty, pretty big legacy in college football. I mean, and I've been listening to radio shows, and it's been pretty cool to hear, like, former players, former uh, coaches that were under him, just everybody that knew him just talk about him and kind of, like, tell the stories about him. So it's sad, but he also left, like I said, a huge legacy in college football, and they're going to miss him. Yeah, he was a West Virginia guy, too. Yeah, he was West Virginia before he uh before he went to Florida State and built that up. But yeah, I mean he did good things at West Virginia too, which is why he got the job at Florida State. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a tough loss. He was actually um an honorary member of the same fraternity as me. So I always thought that was pretty cool. Um, like in our our chapter's pretty big over there at Florida State, and we have a a lot of big name people in Knoll country that are affiliated with us and Bobby Bowden, you know, just in general, was a good guy. Like, my first memory of college football, especially growing up being a Virginia Tech fan, was, you know, him beating us in 99 when we were so close to a national championship. And, you know, I mean, just a good coach and a good team. You know, no one ever wanted to see Florida State come to your school. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to uh, I was listening to Sirius XM, I think it was yesterday, and Danny Cannell, former quarterback for Florida State, was talking about how – I mean, they were, they were for so many, like, I think it was like 14 years or something like that in a row. They were like in the top four. Yeah. So imagine if the college football playoff would have been like around back then, how many potential national championships they could have been in and possibly won, which is just wild to think about. Yeah. And he got two, what do you get? 94 and 99. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you think the way the BCS shook out, it was a computer like generating it. He could have played in that title game. 14 times, you know, possibly. Exactly. It's pretty crazy to think about. It is. All right. Well, with further ado, um, we paid our respects to the great coach, Bobby Bowden, and we'll get rolling. 
So starting off in the ACC, highest win total, of course, is Clemson. Clemson, the line is set at 11 and a half. And for everyone out there, we're using lines from the Action Network. They are going to be what we base our bets off of uh, for these shows. So does anyone have a play Clemson 11 and a half over under? I took over on this. All right. I think the the main the main game I'm scared about is honestly their first game of the year against Georgia, which is actually in Charlotte, I believe, right? Yep. Duke's sure Mayo is. Classics opener. Yeah. yeah Duke's so, Mayo. <laughs> yeah. That game that game scares me the most. Georgia's bringing back JT Daniel and uh hopefully they're We'll see if their um, wide receivers are better this year or not, but they always have solid defense. And then, I mean, you know what Clemson's got? Solid offense, solid defense. We, Aguilale, is going to be the quarterback now after Trevor Lawrence's departure. So should be a good game. But if they can get past that game, then, I mean, I think they'll be able to sweep. Another tough game will be, of course, in the ACC championship, which they'll most likely be in, but. So, what are yeah. you guys' thoughts? Uh, I have no bias here, you know, but uh, I kind of like the under for uh, Clemson. <laughs> but I, I don't see them – they could win that Georgia game, but um, I don't really see it happening. And then the um, – I mean, their schedule is really easy. You got, you know, Florida State late in October. That's – I mean, kind of – it's a toss-up. I mean, they struggle against Boston College for some reason. Yeah. So, it's – uh. And I just, it's a, hey, the Trevor Lawrence show's gone. So <laughs> it's all up to the uh, DJ. And, yeah. he, you know, he struggled against Ian Book and them fighting Irish last year. So, hey, but he's in the NFL now. So I guess he was doing something right. Are you locking it up or was that just some Ohio State hate coming out? <laughs> I don't think there's very much value in like the playing the under for yeah. it. So I guess the, uh, yeah, the under I saw. Was was it minus one thirty nine? Yeah, around there, one thirty nine to one twenty five, depending mm. on where you're looking. So yeah, I mean, if you want to make some money, I would definitely uh, over wouldn't hurt, wouldn't hurt honestly, because you know it's Clemson at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Um, same sentiments as Brett. I'm not locking this. You know, you're betting on week one, and if they get by that, you really shouldn't have to worry. Um, there's their schedule is very manageable this year. I think there's going to be some surprise teams in the ACC, and we're going to get into that um, later in the show. But I'm I'm staying away from this because you never know. Georgia could show up, and I mean they could beat Clemson. They're very. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like you said. It's basically betting on Week One. If they get past Week One, they don't have North. They don't have Notre Dame or Carolina on the schedule, which, in my opinion, are the other two top teams in the ACC. So, if you pass Georgia at the very beginning, I don't. I mean, maybe Carter family, maybe maybe the Wolfpack take them out, but maybe maybe the Gamecocks <laughs> at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, that's been lopsided, but yeah, you never know. So here, me and Mike are staying away from what it looks like, and Brett's taking Clemson over eleven and a half wins. So he's basically saying Week One Clemson money line lay it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that takes us to the next team with the second highest win total in the ACC. Uh, we got Chapel Hill. And if you fellas don't mind, I'm going to take the reins here. All right. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> All right. So Chapel Hill, 
I hate them. Fuck them. Like, fuck them. <laughs> they, they, they can go to hell. They're going to be good. Ten wins good. Hell no. It's not going to happen. You know, their passing game is still going to be strong with Sam Howell. Their running game has to take a step back. I mean, they lost two NFL running backs. Well, I believe they'll still be able to run the ball effectively. It's not nearly going to produce as many explosive plays as last year. And I think if Chapel Hill comes into a key injury, especially the quarterback position or maybe even in the running in the running back slot, you know, it'll definitely help this under hit under 10 is what I'm looking at. Again, they have so much potential to be good. But when I look at their schedule, I see a lot of toss ups week one against Virginia Tech. You know, that's a dangerous game. They also draw Miami, Notre Dame, which I think Notre Dame's going to be taking a step back, but you, you never know. Notre Dame got them last year, I believe. So I wouldn't automatically count that as a win. And also, I think NC State's going to be really good this season. And Travel Hill's probably going to be the favorite going into that game on Thanksgiving weekend. But you never count that rivalry game out, especially at NC State. So other than those games that I don't think Chapel Hill is an automatic lock to win, they have UVA, who I also think will be really good. Florida State, who should be taking a step forward in Pitt. I don't think any of those games are locks. And their, their secondary will be a little bit more stingy. I think they have a lot of talent coming back there. But, you know, they got to prove it. So I think 10's a really big number. Um, the push might get me. But, again, I'm going into this bet with two middle fingers up. And I'm taking UNC under 10. I think it's solid. I mean, I, I'm not locking it, but I'd probably do the same. I'm, I, I actually think so. I think Sam Howell is a total stud, honestly. He's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But I think, like you said, the two running backs got drafted and then a couple wide receivers. I think it's going to really come down to their, their defense, if their defense can play better this year and get stops. But if they can and this, if the offense continues to do like they did last year, I mean, I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. UNC kind of had some some games where they didn't get off to a fast start last year, yep. and then all of a sudden they wanted to come back, and then by that time it was too late. So, I mean, I'm not taking this, but I, I can see where you're going with this. Well, I'm going to have to go against you there, Marcus. I think I'm going to ah. take <laughs> – if, only if it – like if you play it down to nine-and-a-half, nine range – then I would take the over, but the 10 is a little, you know, it's a little iffy, but nine and a half, nine, I would definitely play that over for sure. Yeah. Because they're they're I mean, their schedule at the end of the day, I mean, their schedule is like, yeah, you have Notre Dame, um, NC state, their defense was pretty good last year, but um, Virginia tech, I think they're beating Virginia tech. Sorry. You know, sorry to tell you that, but I think they'll win too, <laughs> but I don't think it's a gimme. Yeah, yeah, I like how I like how you slid at the beginning. That's gonna yeah. be a tough game right there. Like, yeah, the home, yeah, the opener. You're like here. the opener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, and then Virginia Tech at that. I mean, Virginia Tech was like you know they had the whole COVID thing because they didn't have like full strength pretty much the whole season. We had a walk-ons playing in the secondary the whole season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, yeah, that's the secondary was you know terrible, but Trash. You know, yeah, Sam Howell. The arm on him is insane. You saw him play Texas – I mean, and lose to Texas A&M, but he was tossing that thing with those, you know, people that opted out and everything like that. So, yeah, I like I like UNC, the over, but only if it's, like, down to um, 
like nine and a half, nine range. Ten is little. You get you play him fire there, but so, so ten you have a little bit of push protection, which I don't hate. Uh, mm. So are you taking it or no at ten? Um, no, no, not at ten. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> good bet. And and I think nine and three is a little bit more likely than ten and two, just because you know they don't have that like a very easy like walkable schedule, like similar to Clemson. And I just think if the team arrives a year early from where I think it is like, good, I'm probably going to lose this bet, but uh, I think nine and three is a lot more likely than 10 and two. So, I mean, I mean, you know, Blacksburg will be rocking that first game of the year too, especially after everything that went down last year with COVID and people not being able to tailgate and go to stadiums or anything like that. Like I expect the first couple of weeks of the college football stadium just be absolutely like just wild, honestly. Yeah, even yeah. NC State fans may stay during halftime. You never know. Yeah, well, let's not get them carried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, next off, that takes us to Miami. They're looking at a number nine and a half for uh for total wins. Any of you guys touching that? I personally am not. No, not nope. touching that. I'm not touching that at all. Yeah, I think, and not to spend a lot of time here, but I think nine and a half is a very solid number for Miami. That that. 10th win to clear that it's going to be that Chapel Hill game. And I, I don't think they have that in their pocket, although it's very winnable as we just discussed. So we'll, we'll keep it moving. I'm not touching Miami, not in a half. All right. Next one, Boston college, seven wins. Any plays? No, not touching this one either. Really? Um, uh, kind of neutral on that one. Nah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's yeah. also, Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying it's also hard to like kind of base things this year just from last year when it was the total different year, like COVID based. So it's just kind of hard to decipher like what to go with with some teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I had, I was struggling with the Big Ten because, you know, they only played like some play, some people played only six games. You know, we've, Ohio State played five, got an after championship, you know, but it wasn't enough, obviously. But, um, yeah, but looking at like Boston College schedule, I mean, mm-hmm. it's all that. I mean, the ACC is just, I think every game, I mean, is a toss up if you're not playing, you know, Clemson. So it's, yeah, I'm not touching Boston College. No. The only good thing about this Boston College schedule, I think they're going to start three and O. And if you think them starting three and O can propel them to seven wins, by all means, I think it'll be a hard push to get. Uh, because I think the ACC is going to be pretty like level or even keel um, across the board. But so they open up Colgate, UMass Temple. That should be three wins. They go to Missouri. That will probably be a dogfight for them. They get Clemson out the way after that. And then they have NC State, Louisville, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Wake Forest. It's not necessarily a murderous row. They could come away with four wins out of that. Uh, I could also see them coming away with three wins too. So uh, I'm staying away. If you do that's a lot of those are classes. I mean, a lot of like like Florida State could be toss up, Wake Forest could be toss up, Virginia Tech could be toss up. Yeah, a lot of those could be toss ups. I mean, so it'd definitely be possible. No, it's possible. I think a push is more. I think seven one's definitely more likely than eight. Um, I just think that's a really good number, and yeah, I've got to stay away. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, before we keep going, we're still looking for sponsors for this show. And as you know, we love Bush. 
light. So Bush Light, come on, come on, listen to Half the Distance. Kill us a sponsor. Ship me and our guests a co- and my co-host a couple free cases a month. We can all be happy. Oh yeah, Bush Light. Love it. Bush latte. Bush lattes. I do have to admit, I've been cheating lately. I've been cheating. When I uh when I first got to Seattle, my in-laws had PBR in the fridge. So been drinking some PBR and it's just not the same. So we went to uh, they have Safeway grocery stores up here. Mm-hmm. I got me a 30 rack, which we don't have in North wow. Carolina. So instead of 24, now I got 30 bush lattes. Wow, look at that. Yeah. That's that uh yeah, when I was in Alaska, I used to go to Safeway all the time. Yeah, it's just that Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yep. You gotta go to the Safeway. You can't go anywhere else because everything well in Alaska that is, it's it's just sketchy. So yeah, the one we went to, it it was probably on par with that. Yeah, definitely. That's Pacific Northwest in a nutshell. Yeah, no offense right. to any Pacific Northwest listeners, but it's kind of sketchy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so we'll keep it moving. Uh, next number on the board, Pittsburgh, seven wins. Any plays? Mm. I'm not touching that one either. I think, yeah, I don't think I'm touching that one as, as well. All right. Well, I actually am playing this one. I'm going to play the over. Um, the reason being, I think Kenny Pickett, see, like fifth or sixth year, everyone got the extra year with COVID. Like Kenny Pickett's been there for like 10 years. He's like Hunter <laughs> Renfro was at Clemson or something. But I think Kenny Pickett's a top quarterback in the ACC and, I mean, possibly the country. He has a lot of experience. He always puts up really good numbers, and I think he's a productive leader. When I look at this pit schedule, I see five wins off the bat, um, Western Michigan, New Hampshire, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Syracuse. And I think if you start off with those five, I don't think they really have a murderous row to pick up two more wins, and that's just for push protection. But I definitely think they can pick up three more because if you look at their schedule, they're at Tennessee. That's not going to be easy in uh, Neyland Stadium, but very winnable. Pitt is very capable of beating Virginia Tech. I don't think they'll take Clemson, but, you know, Miami's coming to Heinz Field, and I think Pitt plays very well at home. So Miami's a winnable game, and Chapel Hill's also a winnable game for them. They also have that game at home along with Virginia. So outside of their five wins that I named off earlier, their tougher games later in the season are all at home, and, you know, two for push protection, three to cover. I'll take the over, and at worst case, I'll take a push at seven. I mean, I don't hate that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's definitely a, it's just a favorable schedule. Um, six out of their seven top receivers come back. Uh, their running game wasn't good, but I mean, Pickett's somewhat of a runner, and I think he's going to have to run the ball effectively for them to be good. Um, they lost a little bit, like with Paris Ford um, at DB, but their linebackers, Cam Bright and Phil Campbell, I remember watching them last season. Like they're great, so I really like this Pitt team, and I think their schedule sets them sets them up pretty well to get eight wins and clear the seven. Yeah. Got to keep their eye on that uh, Western Michigan game. Yeah. Especially if they beat, uh, you know, that team up north game one. But, yeah, I mean, Western Michigan is not a bad team. They have really good uh, passing offense. All right. Well, that is one play for Pitt. Uh, Next on the board, Virginia Tech, seven wins. Any plays? The over. Okay. Yeah, I got the over for Virginia. Let me pull up the schedule because I was just looking at it last night. But I think, yeah, as we said like earlier, the um, their uh, whole secondary was you know disheveled, and if they end up 
they end up winning. I mean, they end up beating um, UNC game one. Then it's going to give them the juice to, you know, Middle Tennessee, West Virginia is a little, that's a little iffy. Um, uh, Notre Dame, October 9th. Then that's about, that's kind of about it. I mean, they don't have, they don't play uh, Clemson or, oh, well, not that I see, no. Yeah, no, no Clemson this year. Yeah, so they don't play Clemson. I mean, Miami at the end of the year. I think, yeah, it's very manageable that they can could, they could squeak out seven, eight wins. Yeah, Virginia Tech, Miami. It, that's, that's also a very good game. Uh, me being a little or a little biased for Virginia Tech, I'm not playing this, but I definitely could see seven wins. I think Chapel Hill is going to be a tone setter. After that, they have Middle Tennessee, West Virginia, Richmond. That West Virginia is going to be a tough game, but Middle Tennessee, Richmond should be manageable. They also pull pretty good out of the bottom of the ACC Syracuse, Georgia Tech, and Duke. I don't, I mean, that's not a murderous row by any means, but I kind of feel like this Virginia Tech team's going to shape this season up to be, you know, maybe sitting on six, seven wins going into Thanksgiving weekend against Virginia in the Commonwealth Cup. And that might decide it, but you never know. Um, Justin Fuente is going to be coaching for his job. So that's always yeah. an edge to bet if you think he's going to stay and you think he can coach well enough to get those boys fired up. That, that's what I was going to ask is, how many does he have to win to keep his job, in your opinion? Uh, he needs – the fan base won't be satisfied unless it's eight wins. Yeah. The schedule's just so manageable. And that's the thing. He has to win, like, West Virginia. That's a game you got to have. That's a rivalry game. Like, we can't lose that. It'd be awesome to beat Notre Dame. I think they're taking a step back. But, you know, like, Virginia Tech's not going to be a, a double-digit underdog in any game this season most likely you, you just never know what virginia tech team are going to get though that that's my one thing is like you guys can play really great the first half of the year and the second half is just like it's all about him controlling the locker room honestly yeah that's, um, I mean, that's, that's Brett, the main thing how do you feel about the west virginia game i mean i'm happy that it's in uh west virginia i'm happy yeah. it's in but i mean like i said well, i mean we'll talk about us later but later next week but Arms is going to come down to the quarterback situation. So, yeah, and that that was one move I wasn't really happy with. Uh, Braxton Burmeister is going to be our starting quarterback this year. I really like Quincy Patterson, uh, just bigger, more athletic guy. Uh, maybe not as fast as Burmeister as a runner, but I mean, he had a cannon and he's at North Dakota State. Uh, he's trying to be the next Carson Wentz to go out of that quarterback factory. And uh, was it Trey Lance they had? <laughs> Trey Lance. The next Pat Mahomes, apparently. Yeah, apparently, but I really like Quincy Patterson. Uh, Braxton Burmeister is not bad, but I think we chose, or I think Fuente chose the wrong guy at quarterback. But, you know, if he did, it's going to cost him his job. So, I mean, we'll see it, his choice. But, okay, so we got Mike with Virginia Tech over seven. I like that bet. They're very capable of winning it, but just in the last couple of years, like I, yeah. I can't put, I can't put my, my emotions <laughs> and money in that basket. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't have that many ties to Virginia Tech. If they play UNC tough, then they – it's it start the season off pretty well. Yeah, I think I think it's a good bet. Um, mm -hmm. All right, so that takes us Wake Forest six and a half. Any plays? Oh, I got the over. Over six and a half for Wake. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right, go ahead. Talk to me. Uh, let me pull up their schedule again. I like Wake Forest. You know, Trey Foe, always. Um, oh, I can't even schedule. There you go. 
All right. So, yeah, I mean, they have a – I mean, it doesn't look like that tough of a schedule, but, I mean, they have uh, that – I forgot the receiver's name, but he's uh, one of the best receivers in the nation right now. Uh, Say Surratt or – is it Sage? Sage is Chaz's uh, younger brother from Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have to look him up. He, but... Did he not go pro? He might add. No, I think both Surratt's did go pro. Wake does have a number of good receivers, though. Mm-hmm. So it's just like their offense is good. They got two easy games at the, in the beginning of the year. They have Old Dominion and Norfolk State, you know, and then, and, then, <laughs> and then Florida State. They got Florida State at home. So they do usually play Florida State well at home. Um, they got look, stakes. The state's always the game they usually can win, honestly. State mm-hmm. cannot beat Wake Forest to save their lives. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably a win. <laughs> Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's at you know at Wake as well, and then they have to play Army. You know, Army's not good. Syracuse is a, is a toss up because they either want to play or they don't. It's just the end of the season's kind of like a little um, toss up when they play Chapel Hill in November. Then NC State, Clemson's probably not a win. They they play them tough in the first quarter, and then you know, yeah, st- stuff stuff gets out of hand real quick. And then Boston College, we'll see how you know they're doing throughout the season so yeah i like the uh the over six and a half i feel like it's very manageable the value's okay i think it's at minus 130 minus 130 something 34 yeah yep, minus 134 yeah i mean safe bet honestly yeah i don't hate it dave clausen's a hell of a coach too uh he he develops talent great uh, I could see Wake clearing seven games. I think it might be a sweat, but they can definitely hit it. Sam Harvin's a solid quarterback, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. very solid. He's pretty solid. So, all right. Hate that. So, we got Mike by himself with Wake over six and a half. Uh, next way we're going, Louisville six and a half. Any plays? Mm, not for, no, not for me. Yeah, no, I'm not going this one either. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not touching it. Uh, Malik Cunningham, I think he's going to take a step forward this year, but I really don't know like what Louisville has in the tank. I haven't yeah, watched a Lu- no. I haven't watched a Louisville game in I don't Since know how Lamar long. Jackson. Yeah, I don't know how Jackson, long. Yeah. So I have no idea about that team. Yeah, right. I mean they were kind of they were kind of down last year too. Of course, I mean like I said, a lot of teams were just because of COVID, but like mm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. Yeah, it's hard to guess these like totals when you have to. You just have like last year to go off of because it's like and we can have the same thing again this year too. With you can have COVID pauses again. Yeah. So yeah, could happen. No, I agree. Um, if I was to give a Louisville handicap, I see more six, more like five to six wins. I think six and a half is a really tough number, so I think the under would be a decent bet. Um, but again, I'm staying away from it. And speaking of uh, teams with COVID, did you guys see that Ole Miss is 100% vaccinated? I don't think it did, but that's pretty impressive. That's actually, yeah. I mean, I, we saw uh, Ohio State is 98% vaccinated. Yeah, no, that's good. Like Lane Kiffin to do that. I mean, they're they're going all in. Like Lane Kiffin lost a lot of weight too. <laughs> Everyone's getting healthy over I there. Saw that too. It's probably the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what Wade's doing. Okay, cool. Everyone's staying away from Louisville six and a half. Uh, yeah. All right, next number. NC State Wolfpack, six wins. Brett, should you start or me? 
I'm I'm actually going over on this. Okay. So for NC State this year, the second I mean, so South Florida's first game, the second game of the year, I think, kind of defines NC State's season going forward. And that's at Mississippi State. You're mm-hmm. gonna go to a tough SEC school, play at their play at their uh, home. So I think that's gonna be kind of the defining game. Then you got Furman. And then Clemson and Clemson's at home, Louisiana Tech, and so on and so forth. But I think the main thing for NC State this year is going to be how Devin Leary comes back from injury. I think that I think that's going to be the main thing. You got the wide receivers, Mecca and Mezzi. He's solid. He's been there for a few years now. But it's going to be how Leary comes back from the injury because before Leary got injured last year, he was actually playing pretty good ball. Yeah, he was. And then after that happened, then you know, you got Hawkman in there and the season just kind of went downhill. But I think the defense should be pretty solid. I think it's just going to come down to the play of Leary. And like I said, you got that you got that schedule. I think Louisiana Tech, Furman, South Florida, I think those are given. And then you have toss-up games, I feel like, with Wake Forest. I think Florida State could be a toss-up game just because it's at Tallahassee, yep. Louisville at home, Boston College. So there's a lot of toss-up games there that you could very well end and end, end with like an eight and four kind of season, in my opinion. What about you? So in here's how I break down NC State. They went eight and four last year. And like you said, last year didn't really seem like a good season, like watching the games themselves no. but they found ways to win you know it was a lot of injuries injury written but like eight and four with last year's circumstances with COVID I think that's a great feat you know they get 16 starters back on both sides of the ball um and I see five wins USF Furman Boston College Louisville Syracuse and I mean if that's five wins right there I need one to push exactly. and, I mean I just think it's like looking at the schedule is so manageable so out of Mississippi State tough game Louisiana Tech, they're no slouch. That's a good football program. Florida State, Wake, and Chapel Hill. In Chapel Hill, if it really mattered, I mean, State can win three of those games. Better yet, just one to push and, like, one more to cover. Uh, like you said, Hawkman, he's, he transferred. He's off to Middle Tennessee. So, you know, Larry broke his leg last year, his job full-time. The O-line gets four starters back. Bam Knight and Ricky Persson at running back might be the best one-two punch in the ACC. Mecca and Mizzy, Thayer Thomas, they're studs, like, in the wideout slot. And then Peyton Wilson anchoring that defensive linebacker. I mean, he's, what, a second-team All-American? First-team ACC. Yeah. The whole NCAA, maybe second-team. Did six is a low number. I, 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 I'm not exactly trying to put, like, bias in here, but, yeah, I, I see State winning eight games this year. I mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, even if they have that WTF game that, like, they usually always have. Oh, usually, have it. it's, usually it's Wake Forest, if we're being honest. Even if they have that kind of game, they still have a chance to push over the six, in my opinion. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Mike, what do you think? Oh, NC State. The um, I mean, yeah, a lot of those games you guys were talking about were definitely manageable. I mean, if they can pull out, you know, some of these games, like, you know, against Wake – Florida State, uh, play UNC. I mean, UNC at the end of the uh, season, I mean, they might. I feel like it's manageable. It's a, it's a good – I like that, the over. You want to ride with us? 
Yeah, I'll ride with you. Fuck Hell it. yeah, let's go. <laughs> Clean sweep, Wolfpack over six. All right, very nice. All right, the next game on our win totals, Virginia Cavaliers, six wins. Any takes? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about UVA or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not taking that. All right, well, I have a play here. I'm on the over. Again, I look at this similar to NC State and somewhat similar to Pitt, and I just look at the schedule and think it's very manageable. So I see five wins immediately in the over six. So <laughs> was that Mia? Yeah, that was Mia. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. So sorry. Sorry to uh, get everyone sidetracked. All right. So for Virginia, uh, they beat Illinois week one. They beat Louisville, Duke, Georgia Tech, and BYU taking a huge step back. They're not going to be having shootouts with Coastal Carolina again this year. So uh, I see five wins right there. And if I need one game for push protection between Wake, Miami, who who Miami struggles with Virginia, like for some reason, it's like State and Wake Forest. They just struggle. Yeah. And then Notre Dame, who, again, I think is taking a step back this year. It, and UVA will probably be Virginia Tech this year. Like I, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I just see out of five, five wins that I see, five toss-ups, they can take two of those. I think their defense is going to be a little bit better. They had one of the better offenses last year in the ACC. They averaged 30 points per game. All five starters on the O-line are back. Brennan Armstrong is a great quarterback. He threw for over 2,000 yards last year, 18 touchdowns. Um, if they get a run game going, I think Virginia could win eight games. So similar to how I see NC State, I'm going to take Virginia over six. Uh, they just have a lot coming back and a very manageable schedule. Well, that break there. Thank you. Taking a bow, taking the chug of bush. Yeah, great. Yeah, great, great breakdown there, Marcus. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't, I just, you know, don't watch enough of Virginia football to like uh, make a educated guess under uh, win totals. So, yeah, I mean, they, you, you the, watch Nebraska instead. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I watched, yeah, Nebraska. All right, cool. Well, coming down to the last third of our ACC teams, uh, Florida State five and a half. Any takes? I was going to take this, but I don't know. Florida State scares me. I mean, their schedule is absolutely not that. I mean, they got Notre Dame, Wake Forest. Like, all their games are probably toss-ups, if we're being honest. You just don't know what they're – I mean, I don't know how they announced the – quarterback yet i know mckenzie milton from ucf actually transferred there i think that's what it'll be yeah which i mean if he goes back to his old form but that's kind of asking a lot from the kind of injury that he had at ucf so i do think florida state is trending up in the right direction but i don't think it will be till mike marvell gets his his guys in there that he wants. So I think they're probably about a year or two away. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to touch this one. What about you, Mike? No, I'm not, not touching Florida state. <laughs> yeah. I'm not touching it either. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever bet on Florida state unless fading them on a weekly basis until I actually see them block somebody on the offensive line. 
they haven't blocked anyone in like since Jameis left. Like, that yeah, brutal. I totally agree. I wouldn't touch Flor- a Florida State cover. I mean, I would never expect them to cover anything. Yeah, I'd fade them. Uh, I mean, it was a couple years ago when uh, Willie Taggart was there. Weren't they losing to like Jacksonville State and like, like, but really, no, 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 no. I see a lot of toss ups. If Florida State wins four games, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I would lean under, but not playing it. All right, and that'll take us to the Yellow Jackets, Georgia Tech, four and a half. Any plays? Not touching this one either. I do think Georgia Tech is actually on the rise too, though. I mean, going from the wishbone from what they were doing for so many years to pro style, I mean, what a transition it's been. And they're slowly but surely, I think he, I think once he gets his guys there that go away from the wishbone offense, I think he'll start to win some, but I'm not touching that. Um. You said four, right? Four and a half. Four and a half. Oh, I see them winning possibly three games. So it's just the four and a half is two. If it goes down to four, I might touch it. But other than that, there's – yeah, I don't think I'm touching that one. Yeah, I think that that's a tough number. And like, you know, like they draw like Georgia every year, which is an automatic loss for them. Like until <laughs> – like until, until they get more established, I – and they're in Atlanta, like they have great talent in their backyard. I mean, the state of Georgia, like Florida, right beside them, even the Carolinas. Um, I think they'll recruit their recruiting will start to get better now that the offense is a little bit more favorable running the spread. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not in on Georgia Tech this year for over or under. All right. Uh anyone riding with uh David Cutcliffe in the Duke Blue Devils, three and a half wins. Sorry, David. No, I can't. I can't. I'm not touching it. I don't think a lot's <laughs> needed there. I, they play UNCC this year, which I think will be fun. It'd oh, probably be great. Yeah. yeah. Mike, that's your alma mater. <laughs> you going to take the Niners? Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to see what the spread is. But, yeah, they have uh, Charlotte game one, and they have uh, NC A&T. And, you know, A&T, there's some dogs over there, so. Yeah, that's a good hey, football program. It's a good program, so I don't think they – I don't see them beating A&T. So don't Mike, you think it's time for a cut list to, like, maybe kind of hang it up? Like, yeah. it's it's time. I think it's time. I mean, he's had a great run. He's actually had some really good teams there, too. And to have it as at a powerhouse, like, basketball school like that, I mean, he's done some good things there, but. Yeah, yeah, I just it, like him. I like him so much. He's a good guy. He is. But it's at some point you got to hang it up. Yeah, I've even met him. I've met him at a football camp my sophomore year. I went to a Duke football camp and I mean great guy. Like I love coach Cut. I really pull for him, but yeah, and Mike by the way, the week one line Duke's favored by seven, seven and a half against Charlotte. Duke's favored by seven and a half. Hmm. That'll probably move though. No, it's going to move. Yeah. It will move, yeah. I mean if it moves Hmm. that's yeah i have to keep an eye on that one watch for the movement you know all right cool and then uh coming down to our last team at the bottom the syracuse orange over under three wins uh any takers no i'm not taking that one either let me look at their schedule real quick because syracuse always they always come out and they're always just you know sometimes they just squeak out of just some bs win the the bad thing about last year was syracuse 
I think like a bunch of their players opted out. A bunch were always in COVID protocol. They were basically playing with like their second and third string the whole season. On their schedule, I see – so first four games, Ohio, Bobcats, Rutgers, Albany, Liberty. I think they're going to lose Liberty, like in all honesty. Um, I think it'll be Albany. I see one lock. But, again, I think this number is very low, and I think they're taking away a lot from last year. Um, they could beat Ohio, Rutgers, and Albany. They could start 3-0 and then, you know, lose to Liberty and have to find an ACC win. In ACC win, I think they, I think Syracuse has the capability of beating either Wake, Boston College, or Louisville. So I'm seeing like a big push here. So I'm actually going to take Cuse over three, um, just knowing that they're going to beat Albany, Rutgers, Ohio. If they lose one of those two, I might as well hang it up. <laughs> but, you know, Dina, again, it's kind of like a Justin Fuente situation. You know, Babers coach for his job. He needs to get. I mean, what happened to them? Yeah, dude, he needs like five wins to keep his job. Um, so I'm going to ride with Syracuse. I don't think they'll get to five, but I think they'll get over three. Um, it was just a couple of years ago, what, they won like ten games, right? Nine, ten games? Is that when they had Dungy at quarterback? Was that yeah. his name? Like they were actually pretty solid. Yeah, well, I mean, what the heck happened? Mike, you going to ride with me? Yeah, I'm with you on that one for Let's sure. Let's go. Looking at the first four games, you're just like, you know, if they can squeak out against Liberty, there, there's your, there it is. There's your, there's your money. Yeah, I mean, in the first <laughs> month, you'll know what you're playing. Yeah, so I fun. mean, <laughs> if they lose the Rutgers in the week two, it's just it's it's over. You know, yeah, Rutgers yeah, oh, is absolutely. A, it's over. a horrible, horrible football with Greg Schiano there, dude. Horrible <laughs> team. Rutgers was actually not that bad last year, though. Yeah, they, they got they luck- yeah, they uh yeah. I, I mean like a lot of them previous. Yeah. That they are slowly improving, but I don't see them beating Syracuse. It take, takes them a while to get going, in my opinion. Usually. Yeah. Sweet. No, that was great. So our ACC's done. I'll go down the locks again, starting with our guests first. Mike has Virginia Tech over seven, Wake over six and a half, NC State over six, Syracuse over three. Brett has two plays. Clemson over 11 and a half and NC State over six. I have Chapel Hill under 10, Pitt over seven, NC State over six, Virginia over six, and Cuse over three. Did I miss anything there, guys? Hmm. All right, cool. Well, we're going to turn the page and we're going to step into Mike's territory, the Midwest, the Big Ten. Yeah, bigger Um, up here, you know. Yeah, our our first line of the Big Ten, you know, is coming from Ohio State. Ohio State's win total was at over under 11. Uh, Mike, just take the reins here. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, you know, over 11, it seems to be a lot because, you know, usually their uh, schedule is not too strong. It's the, uh, we have Minnesota, you know, week one, and then Oregon is the one you have to kind of, you know, feel out for, you know, because it's a Pac 12 coming into, you know, they're coming into Ohio Stadium. So, I think that he, they'll get a dub, but that offense is just too – like that over 11, that offense is just too high-powered this yeah. year. They have the best – probably the best offensive line in the country. Um, they have all returning returning starters except for White Davis, who went to the uh, draft and got into a fight with another Ohio State player during spring training, and um, which I saw on Twitter the other day, and I was like, what are they doing? But, yeah, it's – yeah, that's – that's a uh, 
That's a over 11 lock for sure. Going back to a national championship. They're going back to the playoffs, going back to national championship, and hopefully they can win the national championship, but they tend to choke. But that may be a bias, but, uh, you know, I have faith in my boys at all times. Been watching them for 22 years, so, hey, I love them. But what do you guys think? I mean, I'm not. I'll be honest. I hate Ohio State. <laughs> most think, people, yeah, most yeah, people do. If you're not Ohio State fan, <laughs> I feel like you hate them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you guys. Who is there for you guys to lose to in the freaking Big Ten? I mean, <laughs> God, like Harbaugh. I don't even know. I mean, you guys might as well chip into Harbaugh. To I mean, how much? You guys might as well just give him about an extra five million every single year. Because, yeah. geez, and Penn State, I can't trust Sean Clifford, can't t- trust him at all. I mean, I do think the – I think the Minnesota game after the beginning of the year might be might be pretty hype. It could be a little oh, yeah. test over there in the first half or so, but. Yeah, in Ohio State, usually they'll – usually start a little slow, you know, get yeah. my blood pressure up in yeah, the first Marcus, half of the, of the first game, you know. Marcus, and- just put me on the over, man. <laughs> All right, going over. This is a uh, this is a half the distance syndicate log. It's over eleven all day. You know, I'm on it too. If I could spell Ohio State right, over eleven. Beautiful. No, and again, every reason Mike said. My only concern is Minnesota Week One, and that's because you know you're going to get their best shot. They're prepping. They started prepping for Ohio State in spring training. Oh, it's in a it's in a countdown in their in their weight room and everything probably. Yeah, absolutely. PJ Flex had this game on the board since their bowl game last season. I don't even know if they went to a damn bowl game. So Mm -hmm. you're gonna get Minnesota's best shot week one. Ten days later, you get Oregon, or six days later. I think it's six days later you get Oregon. It's a short week, I believe. (laughs) So I mean, if you get banged up a little bit in Minnesota, that might like hinder you going into the Oregon game, which Oregon's capable of beating Ohio State. Um, but I mean, as Mike said, I think that offense is probably going to be the best, if not top three in the nation. Um, in the middle of their schedule, they have Tulsa and Akron back to back weeks to nurse injuries. And then like Penn State's at home. Who Michigan is a non factor, like no worries about that at all. So Again, if, if you do slip up to Oregon or just some dumb game in the Big Ten, sure. And that's a push. Like, it's push insurance. Ohio State, they they have to go undefeated this year. Yeah, I think over 11 is a lock. My uh, issue is, uh, is uh, you know, seeing from last year their, uh, their defense, but they added a um, linebacker from USC. Uh, let me find his name real quick. Yeah, but I, I think – and then the uh, two receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Yeah, Chris Olave. I don't think – and, and nobody's – I don't think anybody's covering them in the in the entire uh, nation, so. Yeah, it would be like Waddle Devontae. Yeah, it's – yeah, it's like a uh, – it's a um, – they're like crazy good. Chris Olave's been catching touchdowns since he was, you know, at, started at Ohio State. So, I mean, it's – it's just it's just relying on that defense and Kerry Coombs just you know making some you know non senile plays like he usually did. But those linebackers, they're all new linebackers. You know we don't have those. You don't have tough Borland, slow ass. We don't have <laughs> whoever we, put him on Devonta Smith needs to be fired. I don't know. 
those yeah it was it was a rough time i was yeah i was a little depressed for about a week week and a half yeah, but if, yeah. I lost, if I lost 52 to 24 in the national championship, I'd be depressed too. We were riding, showing. riding high on Clemson. That Clemson dub, you know, got me riding high. I bet, you know, I was like, you know, Ohio State money line national championship. Boy, was I wrong. So, and then uh, the linebacker I was talking about was uh, JT Tui Molau. And he's from, um, yeah, he was, he was committed to USC, committed to uh, Ohio State. And he's one of the best linebackers recruits in the country nice so he should add some stuff but you know i heard uh their right end uh tyler friday is out the whole season so that could be a factor as well i don't think it'll be that big of a factor no they i mean the next man up they got five star recruits to you just you know pick them out of the pick them out of the air so right, not too worried about them so clean sweep, syndicate is all in Ohio State over 11. That takes us to the number two line in the Big Ten. We got Wisconsin over under nine and a half. Any plays? I have to oh. take the under here. Okay. Talk Wisconsin to me. Wisconsin is so damn boring to watch. Man, they're boring. I agree. Well, they're I mean, very boring. <laughs> yeah, they're just – you never know. Like, their offense is just power offense, and it's just – it's just like it's honestly like Iowa too. Like Iowa's pretty boring to watch as well. Actually, Northwestern is too. Actually, there's quite a bit of the teams in the the Big Ten that just don't. They're like just powerhouse kind of teams. They're not pro style really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I remember a couple of years back, Wisconsin kind of had the hype coming in, and they didn't really they didn't really play well that year. So I'm kind of going with this this year as well. I'm taking the under on the nine and a half. I just I don't know. Seems kind of high for him. Um, I'm actually gonna go. I know it's. I think it's at plus one ten. The over, right? Yes. So I, I think I'm gonna go with the over here. Okay. I think nice. they have a good possibility of you know um, beating a, a Notre Dame team week three. They got Penn State week one, which is tough, but Penn State hasn't been really, not really been doing good. Uh, as of late, uh, that team up north, week four, you know, that it's a toss up, but I think Jim Harbaugh is defeated. And the main game I'm looking at is that hosting Iowa on October 30th. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they can manage to win that game, I think they will be uh, fine throughout the uh, rest and go to the Big Ten, Big Ten championship and play, you know, the boys. Yep, I, I agree with both of you. Um, I'm not playing it. I think nine and a half is a very good number. Um, and by the way, Wisconsin's a four and a half point favorite against Penn State week one, uh, just for the listeners out there. All right, cool. So we got a little bit of disagreement. I'm staying off. Uh, so after Wisconsin at nine and a half, Penn State at nine games, any plays? So I took the under here as well. Okay. I just, I'm not a huge believer in Sean Clifford. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. I don't – if they had a solid, more solid quarterback in there, I would probably take the – probably take the over. But I just – I'm not sold on him. I feel like – I think he's going into, what, his junior year or something like that. And it's just – I think he's just an average quarterback. And in the Big Ten, you really just can't be average. I mean, otherwise, I think the defense is solid. Wide receivers are solid. Austin Lye is solid. But – he just – he makes too many mistakes as a quarterback for me to trust him and trust that line. So, I'm going under on that. 
Cool. Mike, you got anything? Uh, no, I'm staying away from this one, even though, yeah, the um, quarterback situation at Penn State has always been, you know, abysmal at best. You know, they had yeah. uh, Trace McSorley, and he, he was only good. <laughs> he was only good because of, uh, you know, what he had in the backfield at, you know, Saquon, who, you know, plagued the Big Ten. I always hated playing Penn State when Saquon was there. But, yeah, yeah. I'm staying away from this one. Yeah, uh, I think, Brett, I would also be on the under if I actually played this. I'm not. I think nine's just a high number for Penn State. Uh, I see a lot of danger on their schedule. And for them to avoid it, I, I, it's going to take a lot. So I would lean under nine, uh, not playing it. But next, that takes us to Iowa, eight and a half. What y'all thinking? I'll stay, I'm staying away for that one. Yeah. I was always I was a toss up too. They can you know one year beat Ohio State that you know and then some years they could just you know completely shit the bed. They're I don't even know. They're I mean their main game will be Iowa. I remember Iowa State. It always is. Yep. That's that's going to be their main game. If they beat Mm -hmm. Iowa State, then their season you just never know what's going to be. But I mean Iowa State's going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. And they have them second week of the season. Exactly. Yeah, they always have it right at the beginning. So I, I I'm not touching that. It's the yeah. Iowa Wisconsin game. That's the, the important one right there for the Big Ten. Yeah, I I don't know a lot about Iowa. Even within doing my research, I would be under eight and a half. I might play it as a personal play. Not gonna play it on the locks, but again. Eight and a half just seems like a high number when I feel like they can lose so many games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mm, disciplined. I'm not playing it, but <laughs> it'll probably be somewhere in my portfolio because I I just see – they'd have to do a lot right, and I don't really know if Iowa can. Um, and speaking of somebody who just can't get it done, Michigan Wolverines, eight games. <sighs> I don't I, – I just don't know how he's still there. I mean, I know Ohio State fans love it. But... Oh, I love it. I love Jim Harbaugh, you know. <laughs> but it, the yeah, win totals. I got under eight all day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all not, day. I'm not touching it. But like, just to me, Harbaugh is a beaten man, and I don't see him winning. Yeah, over eight. No, no way. I can see him losing to Michigan State, Northwestern, possibly. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. It, That's in play. Yeah, and they they pay they play Penn State uh, away, so it's it's a that's a toss up as well. You know, Maryland can can dog them a little bit too. So it's just, yeah, I don't see them winning eight games. Could lose to Washington week two. Who knows? Yeah, Who knows? I, I think is Washington that line's probably not out yet, but I can see Washington being favored in that game by three four points. I mean, he he'll go five and seven this year, and they'll just keep him again. <laughs> yep. They signed another till con- like 2000. Yeah, another contract extension. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that was the uh, that was actually pretty funny because after last season, they restructured his whole contract and made it performance based. Basically, they said yeah. we're not giving you that much money up front, but if you win games, we'll pay you. Um, I think that's right on the wall. I think he'll be gone after this year. I don't see a lot out of Michigan, and I think one thing that's going to come back and just haunt Jim Harbaugh forever. He could never develop a good quarterback there. I mean, which is, which is wild to me. Was his best quarterback Shea Patterson when he transferred from Ole Miss? And I think he was better at Ole Miss. 
Yeah, yeah, Shea Patterson definitely. He can't keep recruits. He the the culture he built over there is just it's no one wants to go. No one wants to go there. Michigan, yeah. I mean, it's already you know the state itself. Well, who wants to go to Michigan? But I mean, it's it's. Yeah, it's just a. I think it's just a disastrous over there, and they're not going to win games until you know Jim Harbaugh is, you know, gone. Yeah, I think they need to clean it. Didn't he have one of the McCaffrey brothers at one point? Yeah, transferred to uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean that, it's just right. Or Nebraska, ball. Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska. I think the I get my Ed Reds McCaffrey, mixed up. And McCaffrey, the dad, he uh, he went to Nebraska, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 why he went. Yeah, played. Uh, I think he played quarterback over there, backup quarterback to. Uh, Martinez. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely right. All right, cool. So Mike's on Michigan under eight. Brett, you gonna play it? No, I'm not touching it just because I know if I play that, then he'll probably go over. All right. Well, Mike, that's good news for you that Brett's not playing it. <laughs> uh next game, Indiana eight games. I'll take this one first. I'm actually gonna play Indiana under eight. I think I think the Big Ten has a lot of high numbers, and this one sticks out to me more than just about anybody. Um, they went six and two last season, which was actually a good showing. And I like watching Indiana was fun. I mean, they gave didn't they give Ohio State like a decent game, like at one point? A fit. They a gave fit. them a fit for okay. sure. A fit. We were watching yeah. that. We were watching that together. Some of that game. I yeah, believe. It, it was. It was either at my house or Justin and Ellie. So one hundred percent. They were actually fun to watch. But I mean, think about that six and two season. They had that blown call against Penn State, um, which actually wasn't a touchdown. Wisconsin was a really close game. That could have swung. And when I look at the schedule, the only actual wins I see for Indiana are Idaho, Western Kentucky, and Rutgers. Their schedule is a lot of teams just like them. They have Cincinnati, who I think will win the game, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, I just see those as all toss-ups, maybe one being a win out of there. But, I mean, they still have to get to eight, and that will give them four added on to either Idaho, West Kentucky, and Rutgers. Um, Ohio State's absolutely a loss. I think Tom Allen's a good coach, but I just don't see it this year. I think they're taking a lot off of what happened last season and thinking that they're going to roll with it. But I I don't think Indiana's getting to eight wins. I think that's very, very high. So I'm going to take under eight for them. Yeah, with, I, I yep. could see, I could see the under here. I I think I agree. With, I I agree with you about. I think it's kind of based off the hype of last year. I think that's what a lot of people are kind of mm-hmm. basing it off of. So I I mean I personally would not touch this. I uh, I agree with you on the under. I would take the under as well for sure. Michael you Penix. Ju- yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Michael Penix Jr. I mean they're putting it all on his shoulders, and I don't think he could uh, do it all himself. You know. He doesn't have you know people around him to make the team great. Their defense is you know subpar. Yeah. So yeah. I, again, the big I don't know the action network. These numbers are very very high for the Big Ten, um, and that's just one I see going under. I see six wins at most, seven at most. I think six would happen seven times out of ten. So um, if they get to eight wins, I mean that's a push. I see a lot of under potential here. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're going to row the boat down to Minnesota. PJ Fleck and the Gophers sitting at seven. Any plays? No, I don't have anything for this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I do not either. We'll keep it moving. All right. Northwestern, six and a half. 
I have the over for Northwestern. Cool. Talk to me. Made the, you know, made the Big Ten championship last year. I mean, they, I mean, a lot of people think Wisconsin got snubbed because of the COVID cases, but um, it, Northwestern's a good team. Usually their defense is very stout. They got crazy, you know, usually crazy linebacker recruits. Yeah. And uh, Pat Fitzgerald, I mean, great coach. So he can, he can, you know, he can manage out. I think he can manage it seven, seven games, seven, eight games. So I'll take the six and a half over. Yeah, I like Pat Fitzgerald. I'm not playing it, but I think Northwestern should be sitting at like seven wins like Minnesota, not six and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think that's a good bet. And you actually get value at the over at plus 100, minus 25 is under. That one, again, not locking, but that might be in my portfolio as well. I think that's a very good play. I'm not touching it, but, I mean, I agree. I think Fitzgerald's a solid coach. I mean, like you said, they always have a solid defense. Just really usually comes down to their offense, honestly. But I, I don't know. I personally wouldn't touch it. All right, and we're going to move on. Nebraska, six. Any plays? I'm I not got, playing. You go ahead. Play. Uh, I got Nebraska under six. All right. They have, I mean – Illinois, uh, week one. I mean, we'll, we'll see with that one. Uh, I only see them really beating Fordham week two. Uh, Buffalo is usually, I mean, a tough team in their conference, but you know, they could, they could probably lose that game. And then they have Oklahoma week four and that would just take the air out of their sail real, real quick. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't see them beating, I, they could probably beat Michigan State for for sure, but um, yeah, I don't see them winning at like a lot at all <laughs> in the schedule. Honestly, does Scott Frost get fired this year? Probably uh, needs to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's got a lot of heat. I mean, he hasn't done anything since he's been there. Nope. And he was supposed to be the savior right off the bat, like. I mean, he just – it's crazy. I think he probably could get one more year after this year, but if he doesn't do anything this year, then I don't know. But, yeah, I would not touch – I mean, I wouldn't touch it, but if I did, it would probably – definitely under. I mean, they've had some bad years. Yeah, yeah they have. I think uh, I think they – Illinois will be a close one. I don't see Nebraska being that much better than them. For him, probably a win. I think Buffalo – uh, it's one of the better teams in their conferences. So I'll probably put a, a good fight in. If Buffalo, like, takes them to the T, Oklahoma's going to demolish them. Then I could see them losing to Michigan State, Northwestern, like, back-to-back. Um, I see a lot of trouble for Nebraska. I think Scott Frost is in trouble. Out of any coach on the hot seat, like Puente, Scott Frost, let's just put them two beside each other. I think Scott Frost is in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I got a hand to Cornhuskers fans because they, they can literally be – 0 and 10, and the stadium is just packed. Packed. Maybe, maybe because there's nothing <laughs> else to do in Nebraska, but like it's crazy how they, I mean, they've sold it out since like I forget one. Like it's continuous. I don't know. It's crazy how they do it because mm-hmm. it, they've sucked for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. They're faithful. Definitely right. faithful. All right, so uh, let's go see the last Tonga Bailoa brother uh, down in College Park, Maryland. Five and a half wins for the Terps. 
what y'all think in any plays? I actually took the over on this. All right. So schedule. So they have West Virginia at home, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty. I'm actually pretty nervous about that one. I, I'm serious <laughs> as a West Virginia fan. I'm pretty nervous about that. So that one could be a toss up. Then you got Howard. I think you beat Howard. You beat Illinois. You beat Kent State. So that's three right there. I think you could potentially. I think Minnesota could be a toss up game. And then I think you could, I think you beat Michigan State. I think you can beat Maryland at home as well. And I think you can beat Rutgers. So I think there's definitely, I mean, I think, I think five and a half, I think going over, I think it's pretty solid. And Talia, Talia played pretty, or is that how you say his name, Talia? Yeah, Talia. Yeah, I mean, he, he played pretty solid last year. So I don't know. That's just where I said with them. Yeah, I like the over. I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna play it because uh, Maryland can get a little uh, inconsistent at times. So I'm staying away from it. Yep, they're definitely inconsistent. Uh, but Brett, you had a very nice breakdown, and you get good value at uh, plus one twenty. So, uh, I if you're gonna hop on a line, I think the over is the right play. I could see Maryland winning six games. It'll be a sweat. I think it'll sweat. It will be. But, I mean, the, because just because. You don't know a ton about Michigan State. You don't know a ton about Rutgers. So, I mean, some of those games are just toss-up. So, it's just got to go your way. But if they do, then I think they can easily get to six wins. Yep. And we're going to get to Michigan Rutgers after we talk about the Boilermakers uh, at Purdue. I, I did a bunch of research, and I can't get a good read on Purdue. Uh, their line's at five. I don't have a play. You guys? No. Uh, I mean, I'm not – I'm not touching that one either. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to touch it. I'm just trying to look at their schedule real quick. Um, you said it was five, five games. Um, like that's a lot. It is. It seems like a lot for the old Boilermakers. Um, Is Drew Brees back? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Is he coaching? I don't know. He was. I don't know if he. He couldn't throw it ten yards down the. Down the. Yeah, his arm was shot. I don't know how much. I don't know how much that would help. They yeah. open up with Oregon State. Is that going to be a that that's going to be a shootout? Yeah, if they can beat Oregon State, I can see the overhitting. But that's like if they can beat Oregon State. Hey, but after Oregon State, they got UConn. Ooh. UConn, yeah. That's and a then, get right game. Yeah, UConn. Jeez, UConn didn't even have a season last year, right? No, sure they didn't play. They didn't play. <laughs> no, they didn't play. Yeah. So people thought their uh, their program got disbanded, and I was like, uh, <laughs> it no, could be possible. Just being soft. Uh, yeah, no, no place for Purdue. Um, all right, next we got Michigan State at four. Any plays? I'm not touching that one either. Um, Michigan State, probably one of the worst f- football teams I've ever seen play in the uh, Big Ten last year. Their games were so bad. So bad. Well, let me look at their schedule real quick. Um, four. <sighs> yeah, there's no – I'm not even going to – if if I was leaning towards some, I would lean towards <laughs> the under, which is, I mean, it's four games, but Michigan State, I don't see – they don't recruit very well nowadays, you know, since Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah. It, it's just – they used to be really good, but now it's just – like it's, you can't. 
you can't trust him with anything, honestly. Yeah, uh, I have a play here, uh, but a question to post to you guys first. Do you think that Mike D'Antonio is not appreciated for what he did there? Yeah, I mean, he also didn't leave them in a good state, though, if you really think about that. No. I mean, he kind of left. I mean, he got kind of kicked out in a way. But at the same time, I mean, yeah. Even though he did get into the, what, college football playoff one year. Yeah, he did. Right? I mean, they got destroyed. But yeah, yeah I think they played Ohio, uh, maybe Bama, maybe. Yeah, it, it was not even close. I think it was the well, no, it wasn't the year Ohio State won it. Uh, yeah, they they got demolished, and that's kind of what I was getting at. You know, he took them to the CFP, and it might have been in like the first two years in the formation. Um, like he had Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon, he had good players. I'm I'm actually gonna play the over. Uh, because it's four, and one of the reason being is because I saw so many inflated win totals, I kind of just dropped down to the bottom and said, okay, which one of these teams can overachieve? And I think it's Michigan State. Um, reason being, Northwestern week one, uh, they'll probably lose it. Um, but I, toss up. They have Youngstown State after that. They'll win that game. I think they'll go to Coral Gables, and they'll, they'll lose to De'Aaron King and the boys. Um, I don't think they'll beat Miami. But then they have Nebraska winnable because I don't expect a lot out of them. And honestly, if Nebraska don't beat Michigan State, Scott Frost might be out within the first month of the season. After that, they have Western Kentucky and Rutgers. I think they can win those games. In Indiana, another toss-up, Michigan. Michigan State always finds a way to beat Michigan. Like somehow, like they, they beat Jim Harbaugh. And after Michigan, they have Purdue and Maryland. And they can snatch one of those games. So with a lot of win potential um, and with Western Kentucky and Youngstown State, I believe being locks, I only need two games out of Maryland, Purdue, Michigan, Indiana, Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern. And I think they can scrape three wins out of that to give me the over. I see a lot of push protection because if they win two of those, okay, cool. They'll clear Maryland going to the last few weeks of the season get their ass what by Ohio State and lose to Penn State. But again, if I'm at a push, I don't care. Um, I just see a lot of win potential from teams that aren't that much better than them. So I'm going to take Michigan State over four. What a solid breakdown. Yeah, what a research. It's crazy. <laughs> oh. But yeah, they made the uh, the playoff in 2015. Michigan State, Jeez. and they lost thirty-eight to nothing to uh, Old Crimson Tide. Ooh. Yeah, I, I remember that game. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, Tide was rolling back when Jake Coker was the quarterback at Alabama. Yeah, I've never heard from him again. But yeah, yeah. I, I think they can get to four. They have two gimmies, two layups. I, I just need two wins. They they can. Yeah, do, I believe. Yeah, I might. You know what? No, nah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not doing it. I can't trust that that program after what I saw last year, even with the whole COVID thing. It was I can't, bad. It was it was, bad. Their secondary was probably the worst I've ever seen. It was, but Michigan was worse, I think. Yeah, secondary wise, I, I don't think they can be worse. So let's play it, <laughs> and we're we're coming down the stretch on our last two. Uh, Rutgers, four wins, any plays to the over-under? I'm not touching that one, but, I mean, listen, 
trust Greg. <laughs> trust Greg Shiano because I think I mean he's getting decent recruits right now. I mean last year's team was mostly made of a ton of transfers. I think that's how he's going to get his players too in the coming years. I think that the transfer portal is just totally kind of I don't know. It's just messing up college football in a different way where, I mean, if you're not getting playing time here, hey, you can just transfer right over there kind of thing. So, and a lot of people like Greg Shiano. So, I'm not I'm not touching this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went over here. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Rutgers, I know there's – there, I know Greg Schiano. He was, you know, struggling last year a little bit, but they, there was some, like we discussed earlier, there was some like flashes of hope for that program uh, last year. Yeah. So I like Greg Schiano too. You know, obviously for um, the DC for Ohio State for a while. So yeah, good DC, great, great DC, DC, great. Well, he had the great players as well. So that's uh, that helps. So yeah. No, 100%. All right, so I'm also not playing Rutgers. And last but not least, the Fighting Illini of Illinois sitting at three wins. Any plays here? Uh, ah. And one thing I noticed, so on the Action Network, the line is minus 167 to the over. So there's not a lot of value mm-hmm. there. Uh, plus 131 to the under. Uh, I, it's yeah, not nothing, worth that's, it. Not that's not worth it at all. So, yeah. Even though they probably could win over three games, but yeah, against the the value, there's like literally no value whatsoever on it. So maybe if the you know if it moves, but who knows? Brett, you playing no, it? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, that would be a big oh no for me. Mm-hmm. All right, no. Well, Mike, before we send you off, we always recap all of our plays. So we'll start out with our guests. ACC Big Ten win totals. Mike's plays, Virginia Tech over seven, Wake over six and a half, NC State over six, Cuse over three, Ohio State over 11, Wisconsin over nine and a half, Michigan under eight, Indiana under eight, Northwestern over six and a half, Nebraska under six. Going to my co-host, Brett, he has a Clemson over 11 and a half, thinking they're going to get that Georgia win week one. NC State over six, Ohio State over 11, Wisconsin under nine and a half on the opposite side of Mike. Penn State under nine in Maryland over five and a half with a little bit of belief there in College Park. I myself, play of the year, Chapel Hill under 10 wins, Pitt over seven, NC State over six, Virginia over six, Syracuse over three, Ohio State over 11, Indiana under eight. Michigan State over four. All right, so who do you guys have in the ACC championship and winning? Like, who, who do you think is going to get there? I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious for me, but. Well, Clemson's going to win it. Um, I guess I'd take the favorite and say Chapel Hill's going to get there. But, again, I see three conference losses. Yeah, I mean, that, that's how I go. I have Chapel Hill and Clemson, Clemson winning it. I mean, it comes down to the Miami-Chapel Hill game, right? Yeah, I mean, it does. 
Because I, mean, I could see them both losing the same amount of games in Miami having the tiebreaker. And yeah. same thing in, like, Chapel Hill's perspective. If Virginia Tech beats Chapel Hill week one, I'd plug them into that game because I think they're going to roll. It, mm-hmm. the, the, it's the Coastal. Like, the Coastal, the last seven years, seven different teams have won it. Yeah. Who, who knows? It's a carousel. And then in the Big Ten, you have Ohio State, and then who else? Wisconsin. Yeah, you like Wisconsin? Probably. I mean, unless, you know, Northwestern can squeeze it out. But it, that, it, it's top-heavy. It's, it's just so top-heavy. you got to go with Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think either Wisconsin or Iowa. I would take Wisconsin that. got some big, big boys up front always. So, it's just – it's just so hard. Their run game's always like solid. So, it's, yeah, the West Division really sucks. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, do. yeah. It's all I the never East. Really it, realized that. Yeah, Big Ten East is that's that's the that's basically the Big Ten. Jeez. So we're all in agreement. Clemson ACC champs, Ohio State Big Ten champs. Yes. Yeah, Clemson's at minus. Uh, on this website right here, it's just CBS lines. It's minus eight hundred. I don't know what it is on the action network, but yeah, it's minus 800 on here. I saw minus 200 for Ohio State to win the That's Big Ten championship. Value. That's not bad. That's value. not, oh, I'd, I mean, I'd play that before it, you know, gets out of hand. Yeah, on the action network, it's minus 210 is the consensus. So that's not bad value at all. Let me yeah. see on the action network for ACC. For sure. All right. So, any last thoughts, guys? Yeah. Uh, no. All good here. It's great. great and all, show. all this talk is getting me ready, man. <laughs> We're yeah. I'm really excited. There. We are really excited. Almost there. I can't wait to be in Carter Finley that Thursday night. I am so ready. Be sure to swing by the tailgate spot. But like we said, cool. so here's your ACC Big Ten win totals. Next week, we'll be bringing you SEC in the Big Twelve, and maybe an episode of at-large teams within the great state of North Carolina, independent teams like Notre Dame, Navy, Army, possibly. Mike, thanks for joining us. As always, Brett, my co-host, thanks for hopping on. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you guys later. Peace.